What is your favorite fictional world? Want to take a look at how an author prepares a fictional world just for you? Well, we're going to take a look at that in today's episode. I'm your host, Jamie Buckley, and this is Life of Fiction, episode 15. I've been thinking about that, about what is my favorite fictional world? Now, the first thing that you're going to say is, oh, well, obviously it's Wanted Hero. Well, but there's a difference between my favorite fictional world to write and my favorite fictional world to read. My favorite one to read of all the books that I have ever partaken of, my favorite is Jim Butcher's Harry Dresden series. Now, if you haven't uh, checked that out, I highly recommend it. It's not a children's series. Um, it's definitely for adults, but I, I love it. There, There's no... I've read Tolkien. I've read C.S. Lewis. I've read Dragonlance. You name it. And there is nothing that seems to resonate, resonate <laughs> better with me than Jim Butcher's Harry Dresden, that character, Harry Dresden. And there's a few reasons for this. First of all, I really enjoy the first-person view of these stories. It's also a continual series. I believe we're on book 17 now, maybe 16, but 17. Um, these are standalone books that you can actually read them out of order and still piece these things together. I have actually read every single book every single short story. Now, I read all those completely through, and then I went back, this is to show you how much I love this series, I went back and through Audible, I have purchased every single book and every single side story so I could listen to it again through somebody else's uh, narrative voice. And I am loving it. But here's the key, the absolute key why I love the Harry Dresden series. It's because some way, somehow, Jim Butcher keeps making these books get better and better. I've wondered countless times at the end of each book, how is he ever going to top this? And yet he does. And that's amazing. And so I want to take a look at how an author prepares a fictional world for you. So let's take a step into the world of Wanted Hero. Now, something to understand is that with this, I have end goals, which are what am I striving to do? And then I also have the creative process goals of how I'm going to tell the story. Now, the end goals is what I'm going to cover first, mainly because when I write a story, I tend to write the ending first. Now, why do you do that, Jamie? Well, it's very simple, and I'm glad you've asked. It's because if I write and construct a really strong, fun, good ending, it automatically helps me to set up the situations, the conflicts, and the characters, what I have to do to pull that ending off. It actually arranges the outline and the process of writing and makes it not easier so much as simpler for me. So... With the end goals, I originally wanted to design, to design this to be expandable. Not just a story, but a world. I wanted to make Wanted Hero a creative world 
without limits, a place to connect ideas for stories so that I could write multiple things, have a central storyline, and to be able to write offshoots. And here's the other thing. I wanted to give my stories and ideas a home. It had to be constructed in such a way that regardless of what I thought, I could fit things in, whether it's fantasy, whether it's science fiction, or mystery, thrillers, romance, you name it. And so far, I've covered quite a few of those. So I know that this process works and this world works for me. The other thing was, was money was a natural consequence, not the focus. And that's very important. Your motivation as an author, we want to delight your mind and your heart. We want you to finish reading our stories. We want to engage you. We want to thrill you. And you have to do that by focusing on the creative process, but we still have end goals. This is how I want my readers to enjoy themselves. Maybe it's, I want my readers to walk away with this particular feeling or impression or belief. That happens. So Wanted Hero needed to support multiple stories. I wanted to be able to do short stories. I wanted to do origin stories, standalone novels, and novel series. I also wanted to make sure that I could do this in digital print and audio and do all those things in-house. My next aspect of that was to create an online database. This was kind of my, not a hobby, but more of a side project that went hand in hand with writing these books. I wanted to have a place where the world could be experienced on a whole new level basically think of this as like a Wikipedia on cocaine. And that became actually my base hub. That is now wantedhero.com, which I do over on a platform called World Anvil. Love it. Allows me to express myself, to write about the characters, to give you in-depth backgrounds, some tidbits connecting relationships. It allows me to display and to share my artwork. So it's a place that you can go and really walk in the footsteps of your favorite characters. If you haven't tried it, go over to wantedhero.com. It's still being built. I'm just one guy, but you might like it. Now, with these multiple stories, that would branch out to things like merchandise, like t-shirts and coloring books. I love doing coloring books for the kids. Posters, mugs, toys, and special themed items, okay? That would also branch down into developing methods of writing. I wanted to share this process, and that's one of the things that I did right away. I'm not a very organized individual, and so I came up with two particular things a process in how to write because I wanted to learn how to write better, faster, with more to be able to create a greater interest. I needed a system to overcome, actually not even overcome, I needed a system to completely ignore writer's block. It just doesn't exist for me anymore. So I created a system called Advanced World Building and then also designed journals. I have something called a boundless journal that allows me to print out any combination and custom type journal, whether I'm writing fantasy, science fiction, romance, and it allows me to organize all of my characters, all my timelines, my events, all my ideas as they come out. 
the great thing about the boundless journals is that it didn't rely on things being done in a linear fashion. And what I mean by that is I could literally just vomit my ideas onto the page, print off whatever forms that I needed, and then I could organize them after the fact. And that's really helpful to be able to pull out a binder and be able to look up whether it's done by connected by events, whether it's connected by the stories or the timelines or alphabetical. However I want to organize my world, I now have a growing database offline. Online I use World Anvil, but offline using my boundless journals and I control that flow of information without any worry of will it be organized once I write it down out of order, if that makes sense. The next thing that I wanted to be able to do was be able to create games. Now, I had one game that was popular for a while and we just it just went out of print. The agreement that I had with a particular company just came to an end, but we sold thousands and thousands of copies of a game called Go Smiley on Amazon. And it was a card game designed for my two-year-old son who at the time could not read. He didn't know his numbers. He didn't know his colors other than recognizing them. And I wanted a way to play Go Fish with my little boy, but in a different way. And so the smiley on Wendell's t-shirt, which is animated in the comics, we used that as the theme and I did a version of Go Fish, but instead of saying, you know, whether it was blue or whether it was a particular number, it was facial expressions. So if you had a smiley face that stuck out its tongue, you would say, do you have any? And then you would stick out your tongue to the people that you're playing with and then play that version of Go Fish. It was very popular. The kids love it. The funny thing was, it was actually most popular with the older teenagers to play with their little siblings or friends. So I thought that was funny. But uh, along with card games, I wanted to do board games, an RPG system, which we're actually starting to look at now, which is kind of exciting to me, and also video games. I have no idea when or if that would happen, but that's always a goal. Then my last goal, probably my biggest one, I don't know, we'll see, but it's a goal, is to have an animated series. I really love the Avatar series, and my children have watched that memorized it. They've watched the whole series over and over and over. And I'd like to be able to take Wanted Hero. I, I, I'm not interested in a Hollywood movie. I am interested in animation. And so I just set that out as a goal. So now you know the end goals of how I wanted the world to function, what I was shooting for. Now let me walk you through the creative process goals. So here's the main piece. The whole world would center around a single boy, the single most important main character, the central storyline, and that was Wendell P. Dittmeyer. I wanted to create an accidental hero. And here's why. I wanted him relatable. I wanted to have a character that we as readers could believe in, we could be excited about. We could see someone who wasn't born to wealth or affluence and yet be able to overcome tremendous odds 
and rise to the top. I wanted to tell the stories of accidental heroes throughout this world. Normal beings doing extraordinary things. Because in my mind, the definition of a hero isn't about doing great and grand things. Though that can happen. My definition of a hero is someone who does something for someone else who cannot do those things for themselves. You might not think that picking up something off the ground is really a big deal. But I have relatives who are over 80 years old. And trust me, when a little child picks up a pen that's been dropped, a pair of glasses, it means something. And so I wanted to take things from that point of view. The overall theme throughout the world, throughout the stories that I write, is you are more than you think you are. Sound familiar? At the end of each of these podcasts, it's because you are more than you think you are. So I have that single boy Wendell, the storyline. And with that, I wanted to make connections. That's one of the processes with writing these stories is making connections with other characters. I want to do that with characters and I want to do that with races. The races would be things like elves and dwarves and gnomes. I have a race called the Ascari who are split into two groups which are cousins to each other, the Ascari and the Gypsies. We have humans, we have Valon, we have Theron, Theron which are cannibalistic hunters. Um, the Taku which happen to be obsessed with dark magic and power and wanting to live in a world of pleasure. And then we have the Nocturi, which is referred to, but at the time that Wendell shows up, they're extinct. Now, there had to be real connections and real conflicts between the races. I wanted to have a way to craft more heroes. I wanted a way to have history and lore about where these races came from, why they chose the path that they have, and where they would end up according to these choices in the stories. On top of these connections, I realized there had to be evil. Now, this is kind of a big one. I didn't want to have a single character, a single um, antagonist, but the very existence of forces near overwhelming that had to be confronted. Something and someone or beings that had to be overcome. They needed to feel and appear to be real and tangible. They needed to be a force looming in the shadows, always there at that. You know, when you get that, that, I don't know, that chill down your spine and you look to your, you know, your peripheral vision and you think you catch something in the corner of your eye and then you look there and there's nothing there. I wanted to have that kind of an effect. Something interwoven into the fabric of society and the individual lives of the characters that I was writing about. I wanted to have a lore to pull from. I mean, really digging deep so that when you took a step back in these stories and you really considered all the things that are being talked about, you would notice the hints, you would notice the markers or the 
how should we say it, that when you took a step back and you looked at the overall story, you could see all the hints that had been given along the way, all these little markers, and you would re have this, oh my goodness, this, this realization, I've known it all the time, I just didn't put the pieces together. I wanted to reveal the evil in this world in, in layers, layer by layer, forcing the hero and the characters in the story to stretch and progress. And I also wanted the forces here to be of such a magnitude that it would require the sacrificing of everything, everything to overcome the darkness. The last thing about evil is it had to have a purpose that could convert. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong impression here. I'm not trying to convert anybody to evil. The exact opposite. It's more of I want to be able to craft beliefs that would cause readers to pause and question. Both themselves and their reality at moments. Not in dangerous ways, but just to really, I mean, think about Think about a story that you've read that really had a mental and emotional impact upon you. For me, um, The Hunger Games. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many times I stopped and pondered the way that the capital and the government interact or oppressed or controlled, just maliciously controlled the people in the different districts. I, I, I thought about that so often and that's that's what i'm leaning towards that's what i mean beliefs that could be overcome by shedding light and truth upon it by providing an open comparison between you know darkness and light then the readers can be able to choose for themselves i don't want to live for them but i want to present these things i live by in real life the mantra of come let us reason one with another I like sitting down and having conversations. That's another aspect about writing these stories. I wanted to craft them in such a way that you will want to have conversations. Whether that's with me, the author, or other people that have read these books, the concepts and the experiences in them would, I don't want to use the word compel, but it would, they would encourage you. You would feel excited and a desire to talk to other people. Now the rest of the world, all the other aspects, the world building, maybe that's something that you were anticipating, but I want to share something. I don't know, maybe it's not the norm, but I want to share something about the world building. I believe the first time that I wrote the Chronicles of a Hero, the first eight books, I think that I did a disservice. I really do. I feel I did a disservice to my readers because I focused more on the world building and not as much on the story. Now, I got wonderful reviews and I appreciate anything and everything that was shared with me, even the negative. I just wanted to know what you thought about these stories and these books and I appreciate the feedback. I loved the compliments that were given about the world building. I had many people told me that it was world building on the level of Brandon Sanderson. And that's, that's an incredible compliment. I'm not sure I agree, but I'm very grateful and happy that people thought that. But 
I focused too much on world building and showing you what I was making rather than helping you have an experience or enjoying the story of the characters, of the hero. And so in this creative process, I realized that the focus here was world building to support the stories that I would end up telling. That's really all I planned for myself. I build things as I go. I have the lands, I have maps, I have lore, I have ideas. One of the biggest ones is the Dragon's Chasm. It's been a part of the lore of my world since the beginning. I talk with my son, I work with Hoban Luckyfeller and, and work with Finley Greenhopper. And they do the research. Well, we expand upon those things as needed. A lot of the lore of the evil is connected to that. The battle between the previous hero and Mahan created the Dragon's Chasm. These are important things, but not enough for me to dwell upon them and overwhelm you. And so the world building is to support the storytelling. And that's my world. That's what it takes to prepare a fictional world for readers. And I absolutely love this process. The last part that, well, maybe... I'm not sure if all authors feel this way, but I believe that part of the process of creating a fictional world for readers is interacting with the readers. It's something that I love, talking with you, answering your questions, providing you information, and sharing those behind the scenes or over my shoulder moments when I have an aha moment or I have a... I don't know, a, 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 an exceptionally brilliant day <laughs> or an exceptionally exciting day because I love the things that have occurred to me. My creative mind is saying, oh, you've got to see this. And then being able to share it with you. So thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to come to lifeoffiction.com and sign up for a newsletter. I know. I suggest this every time, and that's because I'd like to have a direct connection with you and be able to send these podcasts and these articles and these thoughts, the artwork, the stories directly to your inbox. I don't want to rely on Google. I don't want to rely on Amazon or any other platform to be able to bring you the stories that I'm creating, and I hope you agree. So come on over to lifeoffiction.com, sign up for the free newsletter, it really is free. I'm exchanging information and these podcasts and a delivery service for your email. That's it. Come on over and sign up. And remember, you are more than you think you are. We'll see you next time.